Welcome back to the Health, Wealth, and Happiness podcast with your host, Natalie Bolin and Bailey Graff, where together we create a safe space that allows you to live your best life. Hmm. You can't really tell right now, or maybe you can, but Natalie and I just recorded this episode and we are hyped up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was a great episode. Um, This literally like this conversation set our souls on fire. We are feeling good right now. Um, and our guest is a wealth of information. And these are the conversations too, where you just know it's meant to be. Like, I literally knew that we needed to have this conversation today and it was such a great episode. Mm -hmm. We may have even walked out with a new friend. So yeah, Michaela is a certified Ayurvedic health counselor and 200 hour certified yoga teacher. She was born and raised in the Bay Area of California and have since relocated to the beautiful island of Kauai. Uh, It was living in Kauai back in 2012 that she started her healing journey. The intention to take responsibility for her health and her interest in herbalism, massage, yoga, astrology, aromatherapy, and nutrition brought her to Ayurveda. Through her studies at the California College of Ayurveda in 2015, and while working with an Ayurvedic practitioner, she was able to return to balance, relieving her long-term symptoms and became empowered with knowledge and tools to keep her um, keep herself healthy. And you definitely can tell like she is super passionate about empowering us to find that balance. Um, which I think Bailey and I both really stand behind. And that's Mm -hmm. something we always put into every episode. I feel like it's the key to balance. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And she knew that she wanted to share this with others so they could experience that empowerment, like I just mentioned, with their health as well. In 2017, she completed an herbal apprenticeship program at CCA and became a certified Ayurvedic health counselor. She went on to do a 200-hour yoga teacher training an Ayurvedic massage and body therapy training, a two-month Vedic immersion experience living at an Ayurvedic farm yoga center, and currently studying Vedic astrology and working to become a Vedic astrologer. So that's pretty cool. Um, And finally, she's worked alongside an MD at a private practice and a team of holistic health practitioners in an integrative wellness clinic. Currently, she has her own practice online offering one-on-one coaching with clients anywhere in the world. You can definitely tell she has all this experience because in the episode, Bailey and I learned so much. She's a wealth Mm -hmm. of knowledge. So, I mean, her coaching, listen and make your own decisions, but I think she's a great source. Yeah. And you'll definitely be able to tell that in this episode. And also in 2018, her soul sister Yvette and her teamed up to create her company, which is ancient urban an Ayurvedic inspired apothecary that offers organic herbal extract tinctures, which they call chelixers. They'll go into detail about that. And that supports the nervous system and helps with stress, anxiety, insomnia, uh, relief for all of those things. And right now you might be asking yourself, what the heck is Ayurveda? We are going to dig deep. So don't worry. We're going to answer all of your questions, but before we do so, if you haven't already, 
give us a great review on Apple podcasts. It helps us out so much and we love reading them. So let us know what you think and give us a rating on Apple pods. And also we still have our email newsletter, which Bailey does a great job on. So definitely sign up with the link in the show notes. Also on Instagram, it's in the bio, very easy to find. And in addition to those journal prompts you'll receive, you'll, uh, you could also order a journal if you really need one or feel called to do so. Yep. And they're awesome. So enjoy this episode, get your journal out because you're going to want to take notes and you are going to want to have a great time with Michaela from ancient urban. Before we get into, I guess, specifically Ayurveda, do you want to talk about a little bit of your healing journey? I know I was reading your bio and you talk about it. Just tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got to where you are now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I find that with most people in the health and wellness industry, we kind of find our way here by through our own healing journey and usually through not finding the help we are looking for through the Western Uh, modalities. And so um, for me, what I had noticed was I had been essentially normalizing symptoms for a lot of my life. And, um, you know, especially through teenhood and into my young adult, like early twenties. And um, it was a lot of things that like seemingly weren't like serious. So like cold extremities or, um, like sweating a lot or when I'm cold, you know, or having like dry skin and nails or having like, um, really intense cramps around my period or having, um, you know, gas and bloating. Like, I don't even think I realized at the time that I wasn't, that I was pretty constipated. Like I didn't know that like it wasn't normal to not poop every day. Um, you know, just things that we normalize when we don't talk about these things or we don't know. So um, having a lot of what I now know are Vata um, imbalances, I was just kind of normalizing, but then also not really feeling great about. And whenever I would go to a Western doctor and ask about it, um, I got really like one-off answers that were kind of just trying to like brush it under the rug, like, oh, put this steroid cream on it or like, oh, just, you know, you need more iron or whatever. So no one was really, um, addressing it at the root for me. And I was really, um, not satisfied (laughs) with that. And so actually it wasn't until I moved to Kauai after college, um, where I kind of naturally sank into more of the, the, body clock rhythms, you know, going to bed earlier when the sun goes down, cause there's not much to do here after dark, waking up with the sun more. Um, I had started, um, doing some yoga with a neighbor who was just teaching classes at her house. And she, um, so I was doing that more consistently. And then I was picking up books on, um, the first book I think I read was conscious eating by Gabriel cousins. And he kind of breaks down like a bunch of different modalities and just like blew my mind. Cause it was kind of that first time I heard of the idea of like food as medicine. And so, um, I, what I noticed was like, you know, for the first time that I could remember, I was kind of feeling more balanced and, and thus feeling really like good naturally, like wasn't partying, like I was in college anymore, was really listening to my body more, was, um, like I said, tuning into these natural rhythms and um, started eating uh, more consciously, eliminated things like um, gluten and eventually dairy and meat. And I just realized like, wow, it feels really good to feel good. 
like, I want to start normalizing this feeling. Um, so that is kind of how I first started like awakening to, okay, wow, I don't want to feel crappy anymore and I don't have to. Um, and then my yoga teacher, um, was the first person that ever mentioned Ayurveda to me. This was back in 2013. And as she was explaining it to me, she was just like kind of giving me a spiel. She had gone to the Ayurvedic Institute in New Mexico. And as she was explaining it to me, I was having like physiological responses, like the goosebumps, the chills up the spine, my eyes were like tearing. And I'm like, okay, I think this is resonating. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you know. (laughs) Yeah. There's something going on here. I am responding. Um, so I bought myself some books and like started reading on it and started looking it up and just like kind of got really interested. And then as I kind of put it to the side, as I like started exploring other you know, um, modalities I was interested in, like, I was like, Ooh, I really want to know about like herbalism and aromatherapy and, um, massage and nutrition. And so I had been playing with like going back to school for holistic nutrition, um, going to like an herbalism program, going to massage school. Like I wanted to do all these things. And as I was trying to pick a program, I kept coming back to like, well, wait, all these modalities fall under the umbrella of Ayurveda. Ayurveda utilizes all of those as, um, you know, therapeutic healing modalities. So, uh, that was kind of what sealed the deal for me. I'm like, yeah, I think this is what I want to study. And so that's when I decided to like find a program and enroll in school and do all that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's kind of how I got to Ayurveda. And then through going through that program, I ended up adding on the herbal apprenticeship, which is, was like an add on, you know, you had to apply and that was like um, a nine month program. And then I ended up going back later to do their Ayurvedic massage and body therapy training. So essentially it's just kind of like adding on, I had done yoga teacher training separately, um, but through going through the program, applying the tools, the rituals, the remedies, all of the recommendations to myself, I began to find balance and my body began to heal itself. It was relieving a lot of those symptoms of like, like I said, the cold extremities, the gas and bloating, the like poor digestion, a um, little bit of anxiety, like those things started to subside as I came back into balance. And so I was like, yeah, wow, I really need to share this with other people. This is really powerful and empowering. Like I feel empowered knowing I have the tools um, and the knowledge of like, okay, now I recognize when I'm out of balance, I know what that feels like. And then I have the tools to like bring myself back to balance. Um, which feels good for like the long run. And it's not just like a fad diet or something, you know, mm-hmm. it's more sustainable. Yeah. I'm excited to talk about all the parts of Ayurveda, but one thing right now I'm realizing so much is what you mentioned about uh, what you eat is like food is medicine. And I'm noticing that. So we had an episode where we talked about birth control and both of our journeys going off of hormonal birth control and how that mm-hmm. really like messes with your system as well. And seed cycling. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Have you heard of seed cycling to balance hormones? Uh, I don't know if I have. So it's, um, (laughs) let's see if I can remember. This is a good quiz. (laughs) (laughs) There's, it breaks up your cycle by the lunar, uh, luminal phase and the lunar phase. (laughs) It's, uh, I'm going to look it up. I know. (laughs) I literally (laughs) preach about this. And I don't know it, um, but it breaks it up. Oh, follicular, follicular, follicular. phase. And yeah. you take, you eat certain seeds during each cycle. So right now, this is where I need a little refresher. If you have it up, Bailey. I do. So Great. during the, yeah, pumpkin and flax, I think is in the luteal and then okay. sunflower and sesame, I believe is in follicular. 
great. So all I know is that I eat my pumpkin seeds the day I get my period and through until you ovulate. Um, So that's what I'm doing right now. And it's helped significantly with my hormonal acne that when I stopped taking birth control, it just like flared up. And now the seed cycling, I, I did it for one month. It cleared up the next month I forgot to do, I didn't make any more seeds and I didn't do it. My acne came back. And then this current cycle that I'm in now, I started again and it's like clear. So I'm all for right now, the food is medicine. I'm like, what direct correlation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Truly. Yeah. I mean, it's like nature made a pharmacy for us, you know, Um, you know, so it's like nature already provides us with the foods, the herbs. It's like amazing when I started learning about herbalism and like cooking with, you know, spices and herbs, it's like, not only does, does like cumin, coriander, you know, cinnamon, not only do they make our food taste delicious, they also are working in the digestive system in the body to help us break down the food to like reduce gas or, you know, it's just amazing that they also have medicinal properties that nature was like, here, yeah, eat this with your food and it's going to help you digest it and it make it take it, make it taste good. So. Right. And it's like, we don't have to supplement with these. Like we can just make these our lifestyle and just like have them in our day-to-day foods and it tastes delicious too. So for anyone who isn't really familiar, can you like just over, give us an overview of Ayurveda? Yeah. This is always a fun question because it's like, you can't really elevate or pitch Ayurveda. We need like an hour to go into it. It's a deep thing, but I would say you can equate it to like um, Chinese medicine, but from India. So it's um, some say it is the oldest recorded um, healing science in the world. Um, It's been around for over 5,000 years. They do know that. And um, it's a complete healing system. So it's the word Ayurveda basically translate, it's a Sanskrit word and it translates to the science or um, sacred knowledge of life. So that's like, boom, right there sums up like, you know, it's, um, it's a, it's a holistic practice. It really addresses the whole mind, body, spirit of a human. And it's also individualistic. So it looks at each individual and says, not everything is right for everybody, but something's, everything's right for somebody. So essentially like we look at each person individually and see what's happening with their constitution, with their imbalances, with their symptoms and address that, you know, at the root. Um, So it also utilizes a five sense therapy approach to healing as well. So healing through the five senses, that's where we bring in like aromatherapy, you know, for smell and uh, chromotherapy or color therapy and crystals for sight. And then there's massage and yoga touch. There's um, food and herbs for taste. Um, so utilizing the, the five senses as like portals in which through which we take in stimuli and input um, and changing what it is that we're taking in, which will then change what's happening internally. So um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a very comprehensive thing, but it's also um, really intuitive and super, um, I found super easy to grasp because it's really just returning to our, our true nature, bringing us back to nature's wisdom, our body's wisdom. Um, so I find it really approachable in that sense. And um, it's also the sister science to yoga. They both come from the same Vedic texts and philosophies. So I find that um, that's how a lot of people are learning about it in the West is through their yoga teacher trainings or yoga classes. And mm-hmm. it's steadily gaining some exposure. Yeah. And um, 
is the dosha where you analyze like where someone's imbalanced or can you talk about those? I know we both took the quiz on your website and figured out our dosha, but I find that's always where, you know, the book I have started with the quiz uh, to find your dosha. So what is the importance of a dosha? What is a dosha and what do they mean? Yeah. Awesome. I love talking about the doshas. It's kind of like knowing your astrological sign or like your human design. It's like these archetypes that kind of help us better know ourselves. Um, So the doshas essentially are a combination of the five elements. Ayurveda looks at everything in the living world and is like, it's all made up of these five elements, air, ether, fire, water, and earth. So the doshas um, are just combinations of those five elements. So they see three doshas. Vata, which is air and ether element, Pitta, which is fire and water element, and Kapha, which is earth and water element. So these are the three that we work with. Um, Now, it's not exactly straightforward of just like you have your one dosha and that's it. Um, Everybody has all three doshas within them. It's just different amounts of each. So if you are someone that has more dominant fire and water elements in your constitution, you will have more characteristics that come from Pitta Dosha. So the other thing to recognize, and this is where it gets a little complex and makes it hard when making a quiz, is that there are two different types of Doshas that we're looking at. There's your original constitution, which they say is actually um, created at the point of conception. So this is like your blueprint, um, your Dosha, Um, that dosha is called your prakriti and then there's the current state that we look at so that's called your vikriti and that's like analyzing what dosha is in excess right now so there's like what doshas are dominant in your og constitution type and then what's dominant in your current um body mind body and that you know changes because of our diet our lifestyle our mindset, our routines, like how we are living will affect um, the doshas. So generally when I'm working with clients, we actually are more interested in learning what is the vikriti, like what's happening in the body right now. And as we start to counterbalance, bring those doshas that are in excess back into balance, then we will start to reveal as you return to your homeostasis, your natural state, your, your prakriti, your original constitution will kind of reveal itself. That was my question. How do you find your original dosha if it changes? So interesting. I had no idea about that. Yeah. And I mean, we do um, in like an intake consultation, I will ask like, what are some long-term tendencies, um, uh, you know, regarding your sleep, your appetite, your elimination, your mood, all those things can give me an insight as to what your initial, um, your original property is. Uh, we also usually analyze the tongue, the pulse will tell me your, both of them, actually, it'll tell me your, your the deep pulse is like your property and the superficial pulse is your vicarity. And then looking at how your body manifests, like it'll show up in like your body type, your face shape, this, like almost every aspect, your hair, your eyes, your tongue, you can see the doshas manifest in all those aspects as well. And that will usually tell more of the long-term, your prakriti um, dosha. Uh, You said tongue and it just reminded me, I do something every day that's part of Ayurveda, I believe, is tongue scraping. Is that- Is is that something like you just do when you practice Ayurveda or is it, should I not be doing it every day? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I no, absolutely. Especially if it is good for you. Um, I, that was the, the, um, like self-care ritual that I just picked up the quickest and have not looked back. Like 
I don't do all of them every single day because I don't necessarily need to, but that one is like a, like without doubt that's happening. Yeah. Um, I feel I weird at home when I travel, I will buy a new one while I'm out because <laughs> my mouth does not feel clean without it. Um, yeah, that's one of my favorites. And, um, it's great because it also gives me the opportunity to kind of analyze my tongue because there's so much information there sitting on our tongue that can explain to us like what's happening with our digestive system. Um, it kind of has that reflexology, like the bottom of the foot where there's like different organs and a mapping of everything on the tongue. And then, um, yeah, I don't know how much you want to go into it, but, um, (laughs) yeah, let's go into it. I'm curious. Let's go there. Um, so there's, if you notice in the morning when you wake up, unless you have like flawless digestion, there's usually a coating on the tongue and, um, we call that AMA and AMA just means the Sanskrit word. It just uh, translates to like the toxins or the accumulated, um, bacteria toxins from the undigested food. So as you're sleeping, the food that's not being fully digested or that's kind of fermenting or whatever is happening there will um, cause uh, those toxins to accumulate and it shows up on the tongue as a coating. That coating is usually what gives us like the um, morning breath or any sort of odor because it's just bacteria sitting on the tongue. So um, the next thing when you look at that coating is to analyze like what color is it? If it has a more white color to it, it's, it's indicating that there's kapha um, dosha in the digestive system that's causing poor digestion. If it's gray, it translates to vata dosha. And if it's got like a yellowish tint to it, it's pitta dosha. So that's another way like to get information from. Then there's things like, um, sometimes people will have scalloping on the side of the tongue, you know, where it kind of looks like waves or like bite marks on yeah. the side of the tongue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, um, that indicates that there's malabsorption. So you're not actually absorbing nutrients from the food. Um, there can be like red dots, like a strawberry on the tip of the tongue. That usually means excess pitta dosha. Yeah. Um, deep cracks uh, will be vata dosha. And sometimes based on where the cracks are can translate to where there are issues. Um, <laughs> tongue selfies. Are the best. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm like, like touching. To <laughs> what, is, what is the scalloping? Can you explain that? I don't, I'm yeah, not familiar. So the scalloping is, um, you know, when there's these wavy, uh, like the tongue has indentations on the side that almost look like either teeth marks um, pressed into it or like waves kind of, uh-huh. um, that translates to uh, malabsorption. So in other words, you're not absorbing all the nutrients and absorbing from your food. So um, yeah, pretty amazing how much the tongue wants to tell us. Um, the cracks, depending on where the cracks are on the tongue can tell you where there's dryness, deep dryness or vata imbalances in the body. If it's like down the center line, that could be the spine, but if it's over certain parts, it could be different organs. Um, so yeah, there's a a lot to go into there, but essentially that's what I'm usually looking for when I, um, work with other clients. Um, also just knowing the shape of the tongue, the coloring, the thickness can indicate vata pitta or kapha dosha as well. There's differences there. That's so interesting. And like, I know Natalie and I have both read books on Ayurveda, but this is why it's so beneficial to go to someone who is trained and who knows what they're talking about. Cause like it, it, we just don't know, you know, like Natalie and I are looking at our phones right now, looking at our tongues, but like, we don't know, but you who sees this all the time, like it's so beneficial to go to an actual like practitioner. Uh, so follow-up question kind of, um, not to backtrack, but I do have a question about the doshas because Natalie and I were talking about them before the episode. I've taken a lot of dosha quizzes and they all seem to be a little bit all over the place. And I know that you can like change over time and have different imbalances, but, um, 
sometimes I feel like my body is one dosha and my mind is a different one. Do you find that that's common or is that just me misinterpreting? Yeah, that's a great question. So the first thing to note is that it's definitely possible to have two doshas out of balance or possibly even three, which is really tricky to work with. Um, Vata is the most squirrely. It is irregular by nature. It is um, mobile and it changes things all the time. So Vata dosha is the one that most commonly goes out of balance. And if it's not taken care of, it can push the other doshas into excess as well. So, um, and then how the doshas manifest um, can show up in the mind and in the body. So it's possible to have different, um, different doshas manifesting, but I feel like they would manifest in both places. And maybe you're just not, um, aware of that it's actually both in both places. Um, in other words, like, I guess without getting specific on like what your symptoms are, but you can have, um, Vata and Kapha, let's say in the mind, and one might show up a little bit more than the other because, um, one might be in more, more in excess than the other. Um, but I, I don't know that I've ever really noticed it where I'm like, you only have Vata showing up in the mind and it's not showing up in the body or, or vice versa. So I feel like if both are present, that's possible, but they're probably showing up in both places. You may just not be like, it may not be as loud or they, or you may just not be as aware of them, um, both mm -hmm. happening. Yeah. I was reading through my book. Well, okay. I took a quiz currently it says I'm a Kafa and now I wrote down my results from when, I mean, this was probably from two years ago and I was Pitta significantly and Vata and then barely in and Kafa. So I'm like intrigued at that transition. Mm. So I didn't well, expect that. It also depends, I guess, on the questions in the quiz. And this is kind of what I was alluding to earlier when I was saying it's hard to make a quiz. I had this trouble with mine because I'm like, hmm, do I ask the questions to determine your long-term constitution type? Or do I ask the questions of what's going on currently to get like your current state? Because it is two different, it could be two different answers. You could naturally be more, um, Pitta Vata, but currently you're dealing with Kapha imbalances. So then that's where it gets kind of tricky. I'm like, am I going to explain all that at the beginning of a quiz? <laughs> a lot to get into. Um, so I kind of combined a little bit, but made it a little more um, current of like what you're currently experiencing. Because as I was saying before, I find that that's more helpful information because that's what you have to address regardless of what your original constitution is. I need to start with what's happening right now. Mm, I love that. And I mean, who doesn't love a good quiz anyway? Right. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're so fun. Yeah, totally. It's interesting that you say that. Cause I, I think of myself normally as like more Pitta and I always think that I have a Kapha imbalance, but you said Vata is like a bit more irregular and I'm thinking that now and like back to me as a child and like, that sounds like me. And like, I'm always kind of like shifting and changing. So I'm like, maybe that's why it hasn't made sense the whole time because I haven't looked into Vata at all. And like, maybe that's what I am. So that might make a little bit more sense. Yeah. Vata is really sneaky, um, with that. And I find that whenever people like, it's interesting too, we learned this in, in Ayurveda school, but even when someone's filling out the questionnaire or answering questions like about long-term tendencies or this or that, you can almost determine their dosha just from how they're answering the questions. Like the Vata person will be like, hmm, well, it depends because sometimes it's like this, but other times it's like this, or like, 
Well, mm, not sure because uh, it depends on the day you ask me or at the time that you ask me or like, mm, I don't know. The pit to person will be direct and quick to be like, this is how it is. This is how it was. Boom. A coffee person will get there, but they're a little slower. They have to maybe think on it for a while, but then they'll get to their answer. So just like noticing how people sometimes like go through that quiz or whatever can be um, really revealing of like what's, you know, kind of present there with the doshas. Yeah. That's so funny. Cause before this, Nat and I were talking, we were like, yeah, like ask me tomorrow and it could be totally different. <laughs> Maybe we're both Bata's. <laughs> um, I feel like Bata is our like collective imbalance dosha. Um, I feel like mainstream society, especially in the United States is really aggravating for Vata dosha and, and Pitta um, more so because it's that like constant movement um, Pitta, like, you know, that productivity that like, you gotta be busy, you gotta be hustling, you gotta work, work, work. It's really about, you know, um, quantity over quality, like always keep yourself busy. That is like really spikes Pitta. And then the like constant stimulation screens, scrolling, um, ex being expected to respond to something right away. Um, you know, all of that busy traffic noises, overstimulation, that's all aggravating for Vata dosha. Um, so I feel like our, our society um, collectively, and so how it manifests in the mind, for example, if you have a lot of Vata, a lot of movement in the mind will be um, like overthinking, easy to overwhelm, stress, anxiety, insomnia, um, all of those in the mind. And so um, that really, I think just, shows how our society is like dealing with excess bata like the numbers of people with anxiety and um and insomnia and stress um not to segue off topic too far but that actually is why um with my other company ancient urban we started making chillixers as our our only products that we're focusing on right now because those became our best sellers last year we were doing um ayurvedic self-care kits to start and we had like four different kits that had a bunch of different little goodies in them. And people kept reordering our chillixers last year because I think everyone was just feeling on top of normal life, like COVID and everything, stress, anxious, can't sleep. And so now we just are strictly focusing in on our um, herbal chillixer blends to help with that. Mm. It's like most people I talk to are like, yeah, I'm having some anxiety or stress or trouble sleeping. So Vata, you know, is, is often the one that will get out of balance. So yeah, I definitely want to order some chillixers to test and see what they're all about. But um, yeah. okay, question. So you take a quiz or you meet a client and you get to know them, you figure out what dosha they are in the majority. So if they're significantly a kapha, is that the imbalance? Or do you look at, okay, they're kapha, let's look at the other two to see where they can lean more into them or like what is the next step from there or where should someone look yeah so something to just point out too is that um the idea is never to like get all three perfectly balanced with each other um the idea is to get you back to your unique balanced state okay. and that will be like maybe that means you're like this much kapha this much pitta this much vata and that's balanced for you um so it's um, what we're looking at is like, what's happening in the mind, the body right now? How are you sleeping? How are you pooping? How are you feeling? Um, I usually give people a food mood poop journal. Um, so we get really intimate, really quick talking about your poops and how you're feeling and how you're sleeping. And um, it's good fun. And, um, but yeah, so these are the things that start telling us like what's happening in the mind and body right now. And that's what I'm concerned with. It's like, 
what's not feeling good right now. My ultimate goal is to help you feel good and to give you the tools so you can help yourself feel good. Um, so, you know, mostly it's like, okay, we identify what symptoms are happening right now and then what doshas causing those symptoms. And then we're going to give you, um, uh, foods, herbs, lifestyle recommendations, all these tools to help start to reduce that bot, uh, that kapha or whatever dosha it is that's out of balance. So it's really a game of like counterbalancing. It's like, if I know that earth and water elements are in excess right now, I'm going to want to do things that are more, um, drying, like have the opposite qualities. So that's a whole nother little category about Ayurveda is like, it has these 10 qualities of opposites. And so, um, whereas kapha dosha is like heavy, dense, moist, cool, stable, um, vata on the other end of the spectrum is like light, mobile. Um, what other ones did I say to say the opposite? Anyways, it's got the, all the opposite qualities basically of kapha. It's light, it's mobile, it's um, subtle. It's whereas kapha is like more dense and gross in terms of it has substance because it's got that earth and water element. So we are always just counterbalancing with opposite qualities. So it's like, okay, if you know you've got a lot of excess fire right now in the body, in the mind, you're dealing with pitta, we're going to do, do things to kind of cool that, calm that, um, to bring it back to balance. And then on top of that, there's like the times of year where like right now we're going into spring, this is kapha season. So naturally the environment is, has more earth and water element to it. Mm -hmm. So this is when we're going to try and work to, to, counterbalance those elements by doing things like waking up before sunrise and like doing a neti pot potentially, especially if you're someone with allergies and um, getting more movement in and doing things that are invigorating and that are going to kind of counterbalance that like sluggish, moist, slow, heavy qualities of kapha. Let's take a pause from the episode to talk about one of our partners, Rasa. Rasa is a woman-owned, one-stop wellness apothecary. They are more than just a coffee alternative. Rasa sells adaptogen blends that are herbalist formulated and obsessively sustainable. An adaptogen helps your body holistically resist a wide variety of stressors and have a normalizing effect on your overall body function to maintain homeostasis. Balance, baby! <laughs> Rasa consults science and tradition from Ayurveda, Chinese medicine, and Western herbalism using the world's best organic herbs for nourishing energy, stress, mood, immunity, libido, you name it, there is a blend for you. Say goodbye to chalky powders or pills and say hello to robust, rich coffee alternatives. My personal favorite blend is Bold. It's bold. <laughs> it gives me deep energy and focus without the hard edge of caffeine. Bold is made up of scientifically backed dosages of nine different adaptogens, such as rhodiola, cordyceps, lion's mane, and chaga. You can brew rasa with a French press, my personal favorite technique, an espresso machine, AeroPress, Keurig, tea infuser, or simmering. So doesn't matter what you have in your kitchen, you can make rasa. Uh, rasa is third-party lab tested, which is so important for quality ingredients and just ingesting anything. You want it to be tested. 
It is gluten-free, sugar-free, vegan, USDA certified organic, and Whole30 approved. So you know you are getting quality products when you purchase from Rasa. To try Rasa for yourself, use the link in the show notes and code HWHPOD, spelled H-W-H-P-O-D, at checkout to receive 15% off your purchase. We recommend ordering the sampler pack to try the whole Rasa fam to find your fave blend that works for you. That's what we did, and I'm so glad I got to try all of them to find Bold was my favorite. Again, use code HWHPOD, P-O-D, at checkout to receive 15% off your first purchase at Rasa, spelled R-A-S-A. Let's get back to the episode. So for someone listening, and this might go a bunch of different ways, but what is something they might be feeling that would signal to them that they're out of balance with their doshas? Like, are there just, I know you mentioned like bowel movements and all of that. Like, what are some things a listener can listen or notice in themselves to trigger like, oh, maybe I should look into balancing out my doshas. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and I feel like this kind of stems back to what I was originally saying in my journey of like how easy it is to normalize symptoms. But essentially, if you look at any symptom, it can be traced back to either a vata, pitta, or kapha um, imbalance. So, um, and then it shows up differently. You know, there's how it shows up in the mind and how it shows up in the body, kind of like we mentioned before. So pretty much if you're not feeling light, energized, nourished, um, uh, joyful, peaceful, calm, well, like you dealing with any symptoms outside of that, there's probably some imbalances. Um, Which might be everyone. Right. Yeah. Like (laughs) show me the person who doesn't, but, um, so we're, the reason it's important to address these symptoms is because if we don't, um, like I, I look at symptoms as just messengers from the body trying to alert us that something's out of balance and needs attention. Um, so if we don't listen to those messages as they come up and it'll start with something subtle, maybe like um, some mood swings or some gas and bloating after a meal, but if you don't, it, it keeps happening, you're not paying attention, you're not addressing it, that can translate to over time, it um, relocating, diversifying and manifesting in the body as chronic disease and illness and things like IBS or leaky gut or, um, you know, ultimately worse things, diabetes, cancer, whatever, um, arthritis, like it'll just continue to worsen if we're not addressing it early on with these symptoms, these messengers are like, Hey, this, you're not digesting your food. That's why you're feeling sluggish after a meal. That's why you're having gas and bloating. That's why you're constipated. That's why you're having acid reflux, um, or loose stools. So, um, yeah, so symptoms specifically that people could look for to know that they're imbalanced would be the ones I just mentioned in the digestive system. Um, if there's, I can go through each dosha kind of, and give you a quick rundown. So like, okay, let's say we're dealing with excess vata, that's air and ether elements in the body. That's going to show up as, um, dry hair, dry skin, nails that break really easily, creaky joints, um, maybe hair thinning a little bit. Um, it will also manifest as potentially a really um, irregular or light menses, 
like you just don't have much blood and, and it might be irregular when it does come, like your cycle's not very regular. Um, it can show up as um, gas and bloating, which is literally, you can think of it as like that's air and ether in the belly, right? Um, constipation, that's dryness in the colon, the digestive tract. Um, it can show up as um, osteoporosis or arthritis or, you know, things in the bone. Um, it's just all that dryness in the body. So um, in the mind, as I had mentioned before, if there's too much of that, it can cause that um, insomnia, stress, easy overwhelm, anxiety, um, and worry. Um, so that's kind of how you know you're dealing with some vata. Um, for pitta, that fire and water element is going to manifest in the body as acid reflux, heartburn, um, diarrhea, or loose stools, acne, any inflammation is excess heat in the body. So any rashes, inflammation, um, it can show up as um, like sharp odor, you know, really like profusely sweating. Um, it can show up as balding, like early balding or graying of the hair. It's like literally burning out the hair follicles, all that excess heat. Um, so um, that's kind of when it's too much. And then in the mind, it's like a sharpness that can be come off as like um, really intense or irritable or hypercritical, judgmental. Um, yeah, quick to anger. For kapha, that earth and water element shows up in the body as a sluggish digestion. So people with kapha naturally in their constitution might are probably the people that are only maybe normally take one BM a day. They have their one bowel movement because it just takes longer for their stomach to digest things. There's a lot more mucus um, and fluids and sluggishness. So they can have swelling in the ankles or joints if there's too much kapha. There can be weight gain. Um, there can be um, uh, clamminess because it's also cool and moist. So there can be like clammy hands um, or extremities. There can be um, congestion, respiratory issues, allergies, mucus, all of that is um, excess kapha in the body. And then in the mind, um, it creates depression, melancholy, lethargy, um, clinginess, attachment, um, complacency, like no motivation or, um, and then like struggling with, you know, change. Um, so that's kind of how, um, I guess if, if that's good for some examples of like how, you know, that there's some imbalances if you're dealing with any of those things. Um, and there are of course the, the like light side of each of these doshas, like when they're balanced, they have totally different qualities and are great. So, yeah. <laughs> um, we can hold both. Uh, okay. So opposing that, what are, so someone can figure out, okay, I'm a little imbalanced in this area. What are some lifestyle things? I don't know if you want to hit on like certain yoga that is beneficial to each dosha or foods that you should look out for, for a certain dosha. Can you go through a little bit? I know it's a lot. Um, so pick your favorites for each dosha. I'm curious myself, like what are some foods that I should be eating and not eating for certain doshas? Totally. Love this question. So, um, for, we'll start with Vata. Um, as I mentioned that air and ether elements are kind of like cool and, um, irregular and mobile and subtle. So we, um, you know, going back to that opposing opposite 
qualities. Um, we want to bring in grounding, heavier, nourishing, stabilizing, slower um, qualities. So in our food, that translates to like grains and root veggies, things that are really grounding um, and nourishing. Oils, nuts, dates, all of those are going to be really great for grounding vata. And then there's certain spices and herbs, um, cinnamon and um, cumin and um, you know, ginger, things that are kind of like heating, but also grounding. Um, and then of course, there's like certain aromas that are great, like certain essential oils and um, yoga poses, usually actually things with the um, compression of like the, like the pelvic area kind of like hip and pelvic. Um, so, I mean, there's, you know, and things that are grounding. So like uh, child's pose, um, you can do even like legs up the wall or uh, mountain pose, um, forward fold for that compression at the hip, like um, things like that. Then um, for lifestyle, um, we really like Vata, number one thing we wanna do is start creating some routine. Um, it's really grounding to have those anchor points. People with Vata are usually the people that like are not down with structure. They're the ones that are like, I wanna keep it open and fluid and spontaneous. <laughs> and it's like, that's great. And that can also like jazz up that mobile, irregular movement of the mind um, and cause like flakiness or indecisiveness. Those are also things that happen for people with excess vata. It's like indecisive, flaky, or forgetful, or just like not able to commit or stabilize. So um, having a morning routine and an evening routine are really great as like anchor points for um, people with vata and just to keep some consistency. So also like times of day that you're eating, trying to keep it more regular. Um, obviously not like super rigid, but trying as much as we can to be like, okay, so if we start eating around nine noon or one and like five o'clock, that way the body starts to know and trust like, okay, I can start to create the enzymes that are going to be needed to eat at these times each day. And that, that consistency also helps with elimination because people with Vata dosha often are dealing with constipation. So helping elimination by keeping the diet and the um, eating times consistent as well is really helpful. Um, and then just doing things that are, are really grounding, like, um, yoga, maybe more yin, um, or some, um, uh, walking or, you know, things that are kind of really grounding, like just even laying out on the earth or going to the beach or like being in nature, really grounding for Vata Dosha. Um, maybe, you know, closing off the electronic devices an hour before bed and instead oiling the body. So yeah, Abhyanga is a fabulous um, ritual for people with Vata Dosha, which is just an oil massage, a personal oil massage on the body. So um, especially like sesame oil is great for Vata Dosha. So warming some sesame oil and um, massaging the limbs all the way up from the feet to the head, maybe a little extra oil on the scalp and the bottoms of the feet will help um, with grounding Vata Dosha. So those are some, um, specifics uh, for Pitta Dosha. Now we're dealing with a lot of fiery energy. These are the people like coming out of CrossFit and then hitting, you know, <laughs> like their to-do list and um, go, go, go. Like, you know, just productivity um, type A CEO vibes. Um, so those people need things that are going to be really cooling and calming to the mind. They can get, like I said, super sharp or critical or um, intense. So they just need to like chill pill. So people with Pitta, um, we're usually doing more cooling things, um, like keeping the, the diet light and cooling. So maybe more 
Um, and this is also depending on how strong the digestive fire is, um, but maybe more like um, salads or soups or um, uh, things like cucumber and watermelon and mint. And mind you, pitta season is summer. That's when pitta is at its peak. So that's naturally when we wanna start bringing in some of those more cooling things. Um, maybe taking, drinking some aloe vera juice internally to cool the system on the inside. Um, and then coconut water and um, things that are gonna be cooling, ideally reducing coffee and um, like caffeine in general, alcohol, um, chocolate, sugar, fried foods. I know there's all the fun things, but those are like really <laughs> um, aggravating to pitta dosha. Those will increase that. So trying to reduce those things. And um, maybe instead of CrossFit in the morning and a heated vinyasa class after work, we're just doing like some nice restorative yoga and a walk in the morning or, um, you know, something a little more calming and relaxing. There's also like pranayama techniques, breathing, breath work that um, you can do for all the doshas for pitta, you want more cooling. So maybe just like left nostril breathing um, to kind of cool the mind that way. Um, cooling stones, crystals that you can use, um, aromas, um, coconut oil, if you're doing abhyanga is more cooling. And um, so for them, it's just like really creating time in their schedule, their lifestyle for play for relaxation, for enjoyment, kind of taking that excess heat, put it on the back burner. Like we just need to balance it with some chill. So that's more pitta. And then for kapha, we're dealing, you know, like I said, earth, water elements, these are more heavier, create some sluggishness. So people with more kapha, we're gonna have you eating a lighter diet, like um, lighter foods, maybe nuts, like kind of the opposite of the vata diet, no really grains or root veggies or heavy um, oils or nuts. Um, kapha will um, have like maybe warm water in the morning with ginger, um, maybe even chai tea. They actually could probably do a little bit of black tea or caffeine a little bit to like just energize. Um, they're gonna wanna have, um, yeah, soups and things that are like light but warming. Whereas pitta is more like light but cooling. Um, kapha is naturally more cool. So we wanna be heating and just like get that fire going. So um, things to spike the digestive fire, things to spike that internal fire. Um, and then in terms of lifestyle, um, waking up before sunrise is really helpful for uh, kapha. So side tangent, there's also times of the day that are related to each of the doshas. So um, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. And then again at 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. is kapha time of day. So that six to 10 window is when there's gonna be a little bit more of that sluggish energy, um, a little more slow moving, just heaviness. Um, and so if you can actually wake up before 6 a.m., you're in the two to 6 a.m. window, which is vata time of day, you're gonna be, it'll be easier and lighter and quicker to get up. Um, obviously implying that you've maybe gotten to bed by 10, like a good time, but um, it'll actually be easier to wake up at six than it would at seven, because now at seven, you're in that window of six to 10 kapha time of day. Whereas if you woke up at like 5.45 or like right at six, you're just coming out of vata time. So really getting people up early before they're in that sluggish phase when, um, when they have kapha and then getting them up warm water with ginger, go on a walk, um, already get some movement in, do some sun salutations, some pranayama that's heating, maybe more like kapalabhati or breath of fire, something to really get the um, blood flowing and just invigorating. We're just trying to like, yeah, invigorate, energize. Um, and so they're actually the ones that could benefit from like 
potentially a heated vinyasa class or CrossFit or something that's a little bit more intensive um, just to really get the juices flowing and the blood circulating. Um, they would actually, usually people with kapha have more moisture. They're a little bit oily in the skin. Um, and so they would maybe benefit more from dry brushing than adding oil abhyanga. Um, the dry brushing can be really relieving for them and feel really good. Um, and then um, they might actually benefit from doing some spontaneous things instead of having, they're the ones that are more like loyal to the soil, consistent, like always doing the same things, maybe even in the same breakfast every day. So maybe like switching some things up just to like keep it fresh and keep it, you know, kind of energized in that way and, and uplift. And again, different crystals that they would use, um, maybe more like uh, citrine or things that are more like solar plexus, you know, yellows and um, citrus smells for aromatherapy, um, things that are, or, or eucalyptus or things that are kind of energizing and invigorating. Wow. That was a, you were a wealth of information. That was amazing. Alma. Thank you. <laughs> I know I'm like taking it all in, but I'm like, this makes so much sense. Like, I think I've been like misdiagnosing my dosha this entire time. And like my whole Ayurveda journey, which obviously I have not dived as deep as you have. Um, so going off of that, I mean, when I got into Ayurveda a few years ago, the first thing that I heard of, and the first thing that I did was I did a, a Kitri cleanse. Did I say that right? Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. And I actually, I'm remembering Natalie did it with me. I called her. I was like, Hey, do you want to do this thing with me? It's called like Ayurveda. And I'm doing this cleanse for like the next few days. Cause it's the change of season. So we're obviously in that change of season right now. Do you recommend those to your clients ever? Yeah, absolutely. So kitchery is just like one of those go-to dishes that you can't really go wrong with. I, um, I often will do like a two or three day kitchery cleanse, um, a couple times a month, even, especially if I feel like I've had a more indulgent week or I went away, you know, on a trip or, um, vacation, or was just like, you know, feeling like having some donuts that week or whatever. Like I will have a few days to reset my digestive system by having Kitri. Or if I'm noticing like, oh, I'm starting to have a little like um, gas or bloating come up or something where my I'm feeling out of balance, I almost always turn directly to Kitri to kind of reset and bring me back to balance. Um, but yes, also great to do for transitioning in the seasons. Um, um, I would probably use different spices and different vegetables. Um, at the different seasons. So it'll look a little different, but it'll always have the like ghee spices, basmati rice, and the split mung um, as the like base for it. And then I'll just kind of rotate the, the veggies and the spices. Awesome. So that's just like a really good way to kind of like restart or reset, or maybe for listeners who are just getting into it, maybe they could start there to kind of be a new person. <laughs> <laughs> reset the body. Yeah. I mean, it's got so many health benefits in the sense that like, first of all, just the split mung and the basmati rice together are make a complete protein. Um, basmati rice, they say is most easily digested grain, like e most easy to digest. Um, and the split mung similarly, like one of the more easy um, legumes to digest. And really that one of the main goals for Ayurveda is digestibility. And this is kind of what stands it out apart from just like nutrition, like the science of like the calories and the nutrients and the minerals and the vitamins, Ayurveda doesn't focus on that so much as it's focusing on optimal digestibility because you could have the most deluxe kale salad or like superfood smoothie with all the maca powders and all the things. But if your digestive fire is not strong enough and you're not digesting 
that at all or absorbing or assimilating all of that. You got your scallop tongue and your thick coating and your body's just like, I'm not, I don't, I can't break this down. Then you're just like moving it through your expensive smoothie or whatever, and you're not um, benefiting from it. And it's actually causing toxins and things to build up in the body, counterproductive. So in that sense, digestibility is really what it's what it's all about. Um, and so Kitchery is amazing for improving that digestifier. It also, because it's so easy to digest, it's warm, soft, mushy, oiled up with spices. Um, because it's so easy to digest, it gives the digestive system kind of a break. Um, it doesn't have to work so hard so it can kind of reset. And then the oils also help scrape, um, things from like the GI tract. So it helps with like elimination. Um, if there's been issues there, um, it's, um, um, got a lot of nutrient value, especially with the spices and herbs you add in there and the foods. Um, and I mean, I could get into the nitty gritty of it, but like it's extractive in the sense that, um, it like burns up and uses more energy to break it down than it does like adding tissue fats, which is a whole nother conversation of like extractive versus augmenting foods. But um, <laughs> before I digress too much, essentially it's got so many benefits and it's really um, most importantly, easy to digest and great for um, helping the digestive system reset or, you know, be more effective. I like what you um, called out about kale because I, I, for myself, it's very irritating to my stomach and it's hard for me to digest. And it's um, one of those trendy little like healthy kale salads, but you don't realize it's actually probably for myself, like doing more harm than good. Um, So definitely being aware of like how easily things digest and I have to cook it. And even then I don't love it, but it's easier to eat than a salad. Right. Yeah. I mean, I rarely eat a cold salad. Mm. Like I, I, I used to love them, but I will usually steam my greens or saute them in some ghee and spices or a sauce or something. Um, I, or add them into my kitchery. Um, but it's really great that you recognize that, that it's not, your body's not responding to it. I think this whole, the whole point of all this, at least for me, like I was saying is like to feel empowered with your health. And often I'm really just trying to help, um, women tune into their bodies and notice like when you eat this food, is it making you feel nourished, light, energized, good? Or is it making you feel tired, heavy, gas and bloating? Like you feel worse than you did before you ate it. Like putting everything through that filter. This person I hung out with, is it, are they making me feel energized, um, light, happy, joyful, peaceful, or am I feeling drained? And like, now I need to go talk to someone because to decompress from that, like, you know, or this job that I'm at, or this thing I just listened to or watch, like all of that, like, we're all trying to make choices that help us feel good. Right. So tuning into like, how is my body responding or reacting to these things? Because one person's medicine could be a poison for you. Um, you know, it just depends on what, how your body is, is utilizing it or reacting to it. So not to say that kale doesn't have a ton of nutrients, but it's just all about like, if your body's not able to benefit from that or absorb it, it's not going to necessarily be medicine for you. Mm-hmm, and maybe yeah. eventually you can build your digestive fire and you can have more kale salads, but until then, you know, by the way, dino kale, I find is a little softer than like the curly kale, mm-hmm. um, just like a side note, if you, <laughs> you know, that's like the yeah. Dino Kale but um, yeah, just finding the things like maybe more like spinach and chard and things that are like softer greens. So you, mm-hmm. you still want to get the greens in, but in ways that you'll be able to actually digest. Yep. I stick to spinach because it's tried and true for me. It doesn't irritate, get those dark leafy greens. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm feeling really cold to do a Kachari 
cleanse right now. And I know you said certain vegetables for seasons. What's a good spring kachari vegetable blend? (laughs) Yeah. Um, so spring you could do like some leeks, some asparagus. Um, you could do some like turnips or, um, carrots. You could do, um, fennel, um, like roasted fennel is really yummy. Um, yeah. Uh, any of those I feel like would be great. Okay. Let's do it, Nat. I'm writing it down and I'm yeah, going to we'll the plan it out store. next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Okay. Sorry. So I know I'm really excited. I like, this has been a very energizing conversation. That's me recognizing Yay. that this feels good, right? Hello, girl. <laughs> so kind of moving into your like herbalism background and like the chelixers and ancient urban how would you recommend someone kind of integrating herbalism into their life to start if they've never done anything with it before? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think the best way to start is in the kitchen. So kind of like we were talking about before, incorporating some herbs and spices into your food is an amazing way to get familiar with them and the benefits of them. Um, I um, also through tea, tea is another great way to get, that's kind of actually was my gateway into herbalism. I'm like such a tea nerd and I love um, drinking different teas. Um, One that is a common blend for um, Ayurveda is CCF tea, which is cumin, coriander, and fennel seed. Yeah, Um, that's a great one to just sip on throughout the day. It's really great again for spiking that digestive fire. Um, It's like tonifying for the digestive system. It's just really great. And it's kind of a savory flavor, which is great. So you can also use those cumin, coriander, and fennel seeds in your cooking. Um, you can brew them as a tea or throw them in with your ghee or your oils and and cook with them. Um, but yeah, having like starting with spices, I'd say start with a good spice drawer. Um, maybe having some fresh ginger around is a great, um, gateway herb. I feel like, Mm ginger is pretty, you know, approachable. Um, and then, um, I would say, you know, to start with some really friendly herbs to cook with would be like cumin, coriander, um, cinnamon, cardamom, um, turmeric, turmeric is a little more potent flavor, but, um, so maybe work your way up to that one. Um, and, uh, you could use a little fennel or fenugreek is really great for, um, digestive system as well and more cooling. So, um, yeah, starting with tasting them in your food, in the kitchen, um, having them with tea, And then um, if you want to dive deeper, there's great books out there, like The Yoga of Herbs um, was one of my favorites that I started with. And and then you can start getting into like using them medicinally, um, you know, as a tincture or an extract or, um, you know, using them internally in that way. Um, But but obviously wanting to talk to someone or or learn a little bit more about what actions you're needing, because there's all these different herbal actions um, so figuring out like what you're trying to use them for medicinally and then kind of going from there. Um, I started definitely with teas. I'm a big tea person. So, uh, I feel like Puka is a brand that has a lot of good blends. Huh? I don't know if they're meant for like Ayurveda, but I, they, you know, catered to different cooling or woman's yeah. health and whatever. Um, yeah. And then I'm going to do a little plug right now. Have you heard of Rasa? <laughs> I have heard of Rasa. I don't okay. think I've heard of their products, but I have like seen them out there. So that's work. something I'm drinking it right now, but are, are adaptogens a part of Ayurveda? Is that, or 
is that just kind of like an herb and not so much the part of it being an adaptogen? Yeah, that's more like the action of the herb. Um, there's, you know, in like Ayurvedic herbalism, there's kind of sometimes different words that are more Sanskrit words that relate to that. Um, so like rasayanas are like the nourishing herbs that are kind of similar to like an adaptogen, but, um, ashwagandha, which is an Ayurvedic herb is considered an adaptogenic herb. So it's more like the action of Mm. the herb. Just learn something new. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I was going to say also essential oils is another great way to get familiar with herbs, you know, um, just if in a diffuser or something, start playing with that. Yeah. Um, I want to relate it also further to ancient urban, which uh, I guess first, do you want to say what ancient urban is for our listeners before I ask the question? Yeah, absolutely. So ancient urban um started as a company that me and um, my soul sister, Yvette, started. Um, She lives in Maine. And um, it was originally, um, I had been working at music festivals, actually. And I was getting really depleted at the end of them from like lack of sleep and nourishment and just like not treating myself super well. And this was like, I was working at a booth, actually, um, selling food. And I had been learning about Ayurveda and all these self-care practices. And I was like, you know, I need like a festival survival kit, like use these, I just need to apply these goodies. If I know I'm not feeling well afterward to like keep me feeling good. So we started out to make a festival survival kit and we wanted to make a daily ritual kit that had Ayurvedic, um, like your Ayurvedic starter kit it has like a neti pot, a tongue scraper, the CCFT, an oil swish, a body oil, all of that. Um, I, I wash rose water all of that. And, um, and then we added on two more kits. So um, it's kind of like an Ayurvedic apothecary, but really we're focusing on creating um, self-care kits so that the, it, it encompassed that idea of like self-care rituals, um, which is, you know, built in with Ayurveda's lifestyle recommendations, um, having those like self-care rituals. So um, the idea there being that um, our goal is to cultivate more self-love through self-care is kind of our mission. And um, as I had mentioned, you know, starting out as women entrepreneurs who had never had a business before, we started this in 2018 and it um, was a lot, we bit off more than we could do, I think, to start with having four kits that each had like seven or eight products in them. And each of those products had like seven or eight ingredients in them. So it was a lot of inventory and things to be ordering in advance. And then each thing needed its own bottle and labels. And it was just a lot. Um, And um, last year with COVID, we found that people are really like the collective pain point right now is like stress and anxiety. Um, And through the Ayurvedic lens, that's a vata imbalance. So we kind of pivoted and are now currently focusing on selling these chillixers, which is a made up word, but essentially they're um, elixirs that help you chill. So they're organic herbal extract tinctures and all the formulas um, are designed to help calm the nervous system, relax the mind and body, um, and um, balance vata dosha. So we're trying to give tools and support because we also want to help, you know, balance this at the root level. We're giving tips and tools and things to help balance vata through our social media. And then um, these tinctures, these chelixers are, are offering as a way to help with um, relieving insomnia 
stress and anxiety. So we have three different chillixers. One is a daily chillixer and that one's just full of adaptogen herbs and herbs that are really great for um, boosting the adrenals and the um, nervous system, the immune system so that you can withstand stressors more easily and hopefully prevent stress um, and anxiety. And then um, our second is a heavy hitters chillixer and the heavy hitters chillixer is more like on the spot. Um, you are feeling stressed and anxious, panicked, whatever's happening right now needs relief. And that's, you just take that tincture and with, you know, relatively immediately, you'll start to feel that edge come up, come down and, um, some relief. And then the third one is our sunset chillixer. And that one is to promote, um, deep restful sleep. So it's got more sedative herbs that are there to really help calm the mind so that you can, um, get good sleep. So people with insomnia or just, you know, troubles like waking up a bunch throughout the night, this is a um, great tincture for that. I'm so excited to like hop on your website and order these. We can, we can do that, right? Like you can yeah. ship them anywhere. Absolutely. Awesome. And do you, do you like make them in your house? How do you do it? So, um, that my business partner is the medicine maker. She's in Maine. So she would be shipping them to you from Maine. Um, and I'm kind of in charge of everything else. We make all of our decisions together and, um, came up with the formulas together, but she, um, has the capacity and the space to be actually doing the production. So she's making, um, product and then I'm in charge of selling. And, um, I just got us a wholesale count here on the island. So now people can buy it in a store. So transitioning from not just e-commerce and I'm starting to work at some, um, like markets and, um, fairs and artists and craft fairs and stuff on the island as well to kind of get it out there to people. So this is mainly for a Vata imbalance, but would you recommend these for anyone? Yeah. So it's not going there. It's not going to be harmful. I mean, there are some contraindications if you're pregnant or, you know, check with your practitioner, but, um, mostly these are applicable to anyone. That's not going to be, um, super, none of the herbs are going to be super aggravating to a certain dosha necessarily. Um, it's just that when there is, if you are experiencing stress, anxiety, insomnia, there is excess Vata dosha present in the mind. So this is going to help balance that. Can you, I don't want to quiz you or anything, but can you get into a little bit of specifics of what herbs are in each blends that are creating these, uh, effects for people who take them like the heavy hitter one, like what in it is making it so immediate? Yeah. So, um, we have ashwagandha in all three of our products. Um, uh, that's just like one of our favorite go-tos, um, in the daily chillixer, there's also Tulsi and milky oats, um, and Brahmi and this herb called, uh, Kapikachu, which sounds like a Pokemon, but it's also, um, there's a, the Western word for it is Makuna prurians. It's like what it's being called more in Western herbalism. Um, that one is wonderful for boosting the mood as well as nourishing the nervous system. So that's a really potent and yummy blend. We also, um, add in flower essences. So we have, um, a self heal flower essence blend in that one. Um, that's going to kind of work like an adaptogen to help balance or heal whatever's needing it. Um, and flower essences, you know, work more on the energetics, um, in the body, energetic levels. And so then the heavy hitters chillixer also has the ashwagandha and the kapikachu, but it also has passion flower and skullcap, I believe. And those are the ones that are going to work to really um, reduce the stress and anxiety, um, as well as with kapikachu, it's going to boost the mood um, 
Kapikachu has L-DOPA in it, present in it, which is um, a precursor to dopamine. So it's like help to release the good feel chemicals in the brain. So um, that um, will not only reduce the stress and anxiety, but also help make you feel better. Um, and then it has the adaptogens like um, ashwagandha to help um, actually nourish the nervous system. And then it also has the self-heal flower essence blend. Um, and then the sleep tincture, the sunset chelixer um, has again, ashwagandha and it has um, valerian, which is a heavy sedative herb, um, shanka pushpi, which is also similar. Um, it's a more Ayurvedic herb, but um, similar with helping with anxiety in the mind and helping with sleep. Um, and it has um, uh, lavender. There's one more in there that's a nervine sedative, I believe. And then it has flora sleep um, flower essence blend. So that's a specific blend that um, works on the energetics for sleeping. So, um, and then we you, um, extract the herbs in organic alcohol, and then we use organic vegetable glycerin that sweetens it a little bit. So it's not super intense alcohol burning the mouth feeling, it's um, mild. So you could just take it straight on the tongue or you can add it to your tea or your water. Um, yeah, they're pretty lovely. That's what I was going to ask. What's your favorite way of taking them like directly, or do you put it in coffee or is it too alcoholy to put in coffee or what's your favorite way? Yeah, um, I personally like taking it straight to the tongue. I feel like it's just a nice way to interact with the herb, with the plant medicine. Um, I usually set an intention um, as I'm taking it to kind of connect to the, you know, healing properties of the plant. Um, and, uh, but I have put it into a tea, like the CCFT or something is nice um, way to complement it. But yeah, I kind of want to taste the plant medicine and um, just connect with it in that way. So I just take it direct. Yeah. I think being able to taste the flavors definitely helps you connect with it. So that's, that's really cool. Thank you for yeah listing all of those out. Yeah. So kind of coming to a close here, we didn't ask you, what is your dosha? Oh, right. Well, um, so my like original Prakriti constitution, I'm more Pitta Vata. I have both are pretty close, um, close tie. Um, you can tell my Pitta from like freckly skin and, um, I get like, uh, pinkish and, um, that's kind of, you know, a way that it shows up for me. Um, but my, cause you can see different qualities in different parts of the body. Um, my curly hair is very much more Vata. Um, and, uh, my, my tendencies for my Vikriti, like to go out of balance is more Vata, um, secondary would be Pitta, like maybe in the summer, especially if it's too heating, but, um, um, mostly I'm dealing with trying to always balance Vata dosha. I'm like really go, go, go. And I'm an extrovert and I'm always busy and I'm hustling. So I was like a side hustle queen for a long time, which I feel like is epitome of like Pitta Vata. It's like, um, the pit in me wants to do a lot, of, like do things and be productive. And the vat in me is like, not going to just pick one thing. I'm going to do it all. <laughs> so, um, I have to like reel myself in and ground a lot. So I'm eating a lot of root veggies and trying to do things to really ground myself. Um, but yeah, the other thing that we didn't really get to cover, but, um, the environment in which you live in can also be like aggravating or balancing for doshas. So one of the reasons I love being in Hawaii is it's so balancing for my vata dosha. Like it is 
warm and moist, which I'm run cool and dry as with more Vata. Um, so um, in the summer, Pitta, like I just have to make sure I don't get too much sun, but for the most part, like being in a place that's a lot of earth and water element, which is Hawaii is really grounding for me. Um, some place that'd be like high desert where it's like cold and windy often would be like no bueno. <laughs> so um, noticing like the qualities of a place too can kind of um, show you what's balancing or aggravating as well. Love it. Oh my gosh. I've learned so much. Uh, so I want to ask you our final question uh, with all of this. I feel like I'm really intrigued by your answer, but how do you live your best life? If you could give it that in one answer. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that's such a good one. Um, I live my best life. Um, I feel like um, by trying to um, live in purpose, like in alignment with purpose, live with my people. Um, I'm all about my connections and my people and my community and living with passion. Um, so those are probably like the main things that really light me up. Um, but really just staying true to myself and, and following, um, my heart and what feels right and true for me has led me to some wonderful experiences and also just has really kept me connected to like my soul and then my purpose. So I feel like living my best life for me, um, what it actually ends up looking like continues to change. At one point in my twenties, it was me living at music festivals and, um, traveling, you know, to different countries and backpacking right now, it's looking like, um, stepping into purpose and being in service and like helping others and sharing what I've learned, um, and living in Hawaii for sure is part of living my best life. Um, I think the creating, like feeling like all possibilities are available to me. Like, um, I can create my reality and my experience and, and I don't have to limit myself has been really a big part of also living my best life. Mm, beautiful answer. Um, so for our listeners, how can they find you? I feel like you're a wealth of knowledge. Um, where's your Ayurvedic, I always say it wrong, Ayurvedic services. What's, what's your handle, Instagram, a website, um, and also a shout out ancient urban. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the easiest way to connect with me would be on social media and that's at, um, for Instagram, it's at Michaela underscore Ayurveda. Um, and I don't know if there's somewhere to type that or leave that. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. I'll just spell it. Yep. Um, and then, um, and I'm constantly like, I use that platform mostly just to connect with people and share information. So I'm, you know, pretty consistently putting out content, um, to just share some of these tips, like I talked about today. Um, so happy to connect on there. And then, um, I also have a website, which is, um, MichaelaAyurveda.com. And there's a dosha quiz on there. If you want to check out, you know, what's your dominant dosha, um, you can also, uh, connect, like leave a message on there or um, book a uh, discovery call if you are interested in diving deeper with me. Um, and then uh, there's um, Ancient Urban has its own Instagram handle. That's um, at Ancient Urban and urban is spelled like herbs, herbs, H-E-R-B. Um, and um, that's a great way to connect for that. We also have our products on our website. Um, I also put the dosha quiz on there as well. That's ancienturban.com. Um, our graphic design wizard just created a beautiful website for us. So 
it's gorgeous. If you want to go check it out just for that alone, it's beautiful. Um, and, um, and then we're starting to put ourselves out there. If you're on Kauai, definitely come check us out at some markets and some stores. We'll be posting on social media about um, upcoming markets. Um, I will be posting on my Michaela Ayurveda social media about upcoming um, like free workshops or masterclasses that I'm planning to offer. Um, so if you follow on those, you'll for sure be in the loop. Awesome. And we'll put all of that in the show notes so people can access that very easily, but thank you so much. This was like literally like lit my fire. I feel like I am going now. I'm like already on your website. I'm ready to do this thing. So thank you for like reigniting that in me. And I'm sure in our listeners too. And we are so grateful to have you in our community and to have you on. So thank you so much, Michaela. Yeah. Thank you, Bailey and Natalie. This was so much fun. I'm so grateful we were able to connect and make this happen and definitely want to stay connected for future things. So of course. Yeah. <laughs>